That's why I was there, brother, right when you needed me. Fight for the rights of every man. And what you're gonna do when the largest arms in the world run wild on you? I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life! What is up, everyone? Happy Friday, and you are tuning in to another episode of the Hot Tag on this Flashback Friday. Uh, I am Jeff Watson, flying solo with you today, uh, but I'm never alone because we've always got the Insiders Army out there. So thank you all for joining us today, and uh, just want to do a few shout outs real quick before I get going and give you guys some updates. So uh, Kevin Correa, Josh Mickelson, famous KJ Carter, Wrestling Days fan. Uh, let's see who else we've got in the house. Hayden Garrett, uh, James Chadwick. Let's see. Yeah, thank you all for joining. Uh, again, thank you for tuning in to the hot tag today. Uh we're going to have a little bit of fun today talking about one of my favorites, but before and uh, before I get to that, uh, Sean, Sean Flagstaff, how are you? Uh, hey, what's up, man? Um, Shane has joined us. Please go follow him. Uh, Blood Sword 6 streaming, so go follow him. Hope all is well, my friend. Uh, just want to give you guys some programming updates and everything that we are going to be doing this weekend and through next week uh so yeah <laughs> a little bit a lot of wrestling going on this weekend which is not a bad thing that's obviously great uh so tomorrow we will be streaming nxt takeover 30 we will be doing a watch along for that that will be our first WWE slash NXT watch along. So please join us for that. Um, I think we're going to start at about 630, but we'll post we'll post definite times for sure. Sunday, we are going to do a SummerSlam watch along. We're going to start at 530 on Sunday. So join us for that as well. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of build up to SummerSlam. Uh, Dave in real life just joined us. How are you, my friend? Um, so Sunday's going to be fun. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, really looking forward to all of the matches that we have on Sunday. Monday, we are back with you uh, with another episode of Abby's Window. And we will be able to react. And we'll know at that point what in the world happened between The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and... Braun Strowman. So we'll have some answers then. Turbocast, how are you today? Thank you for joining us. And also on Monday, we will have Kyle Scarborough with us who has a little bit of news that he wants to share. So he may be breaking some news. IMTS joins us. How are you? Um, 
So yeah, that that's going to be a lot of fun, and we may have another guest, but not sure yet. We'll we'll see what happens between now and Monday, but that's that's what we have on Monday, Tuesday. Every Tuesday we stream Impact, and that's going to be the second night of Emergence. Again, shameless plug: if you have not checked out Impact Wrestling, you are missing some special stuff going on because they are killing it right now. They're on fire. So just uh, if if you have not watched, join us on Tuesday night for our watch along. Then obviously Wednesday, Wednesday we have our normal podcast at 1015. So join us for that. We'll be reacting to a lot, I'm sure. Thursday, since uh, WWE has decided to put payback on a week after SummerSlam, we will be previewing uh, Payback. Sonny Wolf, how are you? Uh, glad you have joined us. That will be Thursday. So we'll be doing a preview of, you guessed it, Payback on Thursday. And Friday, we'll be back with another episode of The Hot Tag. So, yeah, got a lot going on. We are very busy right now trying to bring content, but... We're really glad that all of you are joining us for the ride. So really appreciate that. Really thank you guys for all of your support. If you have not done so already, if you're new, please, please, please subscribe to us on YouTube. We are also streaming on Facebook, Periscope, and Twitch. So got a lot of places for all of you to check us out. Uh, no matter what social media platform you like or use, we, we're there. Also, if you like podcasting, you want to take us on the go, we are on just about every single podcasting platform out there. So Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, so many more. Uh, so join us on those if you want to go back and listen to an episode or if you just like taking podcast on the go, there there we go. Nels has joined us, and she is over on Twitch. Hello, Nels. How are you? Uh, I yeah, I know all about the the technical difficulties. Um, we had a few last night, but thank everyone for hanging in there with us. And hopefully, we don't have any today. Although I am getting some storms here as we speak, and honestly. If we have an issue, uh, this may be the never ending stream part two, because there's no one else in here to help me end it. So, uh, so yeah, um, I feel like I've done a lot of talking in terms of introducing everything that we have going on. So let's talk about the man that we will be discussing today. The one, the only junkyard dog. And I'm really excited to talk about JYD because he is absolutely one of my favorite uh, wrestlers of all time. And, you know, I have a little bit of a personal story about JYD, but um, he, he's absolutely one of my favorites and had a lot to do with me being involved in wrestling, wanting to pursue a career in wrestling. And, uh, you know, I, I just, He's one of my favorites. He's he's awesome. So uh, for those of you that know JYD, you'll like this. And his opponent. From Charlotte, North Carolina, 
weighing 280 pounds, the Junkyard Dog. Ha-ha! <laughs> yes, sir! Superdog on his way to the ring, and look at what he does to this capacity crowd. Every individual here standing on their feet. Look at this. This is what he does, Vince, every time. He really knows how to excite that crowd, and they really love this man. So, that is a little bit of JYD's entrance. Uh, another one bites the dust by Queen, and yeah, I was, honestly, when it came to this guy, I was hooked uh, from the very beginning. And uh, I just want to make sure that everyone uh, who has not checked out jyd before please 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 go look up some information on him i could talk about this man for hours and hours we don't have that kind of time so i'm just gonna hit some highlights here but uh junkyard dog um his name his real name was sylvester ritter he was actually born in Wadesboro, North Carolina, and a funny fact about that is that's about 10 minutes away, 10 to 15 minutes away from where I am right now, where I grew up. So he was a big, big, big name, big star here in my area, and you know, we a lot of us just idolized him because he's a guy that you know has so much charisma. He had so much charisma, and um, just did so many things he was a pioneer uh in the business yes um days fan he actually passed away in uh 1998 and i will talk about that a little bit uh at near the end but um but yeah jyd he was he was the man and um started out as a football player which a lot of athletes around here do because there's not a lot going on so you either get involved in athletics or you kind of fall through the cracks and, you know, you, you can't really, um, there, there's really nothing else to do. So, um, he played football, actually ended up going to Fayetteville State University, which is in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and played football there, had a really good career, went on to be, uh, drafted by the Green Bay Packers and you know his his football career was very short because of injuries and different things uh, so uh, he you know he left football and he was like well let me try my hand at professional wrestling so he debuted in professional wrestling around 1976 and he started out in Tennessee for Jerry Jarrett and uh, you all of you hopefully know uh, the Jarrett's um, of uh, Jeff Jarrett fame, uh, but his father was a, a major promoter and booker in the South around those times. And Junkyard Dog actually performed under the name of Leroy Rochester initially and, you know, had a little bit of success there, then ended up going to Stampede Wrestling. And a lot of you, I'm sure, know, know uh, Stu Hart was over Stampede Wrestling. And you had uh, Bret Hart, <laughs> just to name one, in Stampede Wrestling. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, he, he went there and then he started wrestling under the name of Big Daddy Ritter. And there, 
he won their North American heavyweight championship twice. So he won gold there, which later on in his career, he should have won gold in WWE. And for the life of me, I don't know why he did not win gold, but we'll get to that. Um, so after he leaves Stampede, he ends up coming back down south uh, to NWA and Mid-South Wrestling. And Bill Watts um, gives him the nickname and the gimmick of the Junkyard Dog. So he, he had this long, uh, heavy chain and he barked like a dog. And uh, yeah, it was it was really cool. It it really fit his personality because he was very outgoing. The one thing that many people say about JYD is they talk about his charisma. JYD would probably admit to you if he were still here that um, he would probably tell you that he wasn't the best technical wrestler, but. The one thing that he had that you can't teach is charisma. And my goodness, was he over in Mid-South. And I mean, he he pioneered the way for a lot of African-American wrestlers. Honestly, there would be no Kofi Kingston. There would be no Big E. Uh, honestly, The Rock and a lot of those uh, and Ron Simmons. A lot of African-Americans who've gotten into the spotlight and have been prominent. That wouldn't have happened without JYD. That would not have happened. He was the first African-American really superstar to get big pushes when it came to wrestling. And, you know, he was just what he did from a charisma standpoint, being a fan favorite. Like if you want to know. If you want to know how how to get over and how over someone is, just go back and look at some old clips of JYD and his entrances and, you know, just just look at how he interacts with the crowd and how he's able to just bring joy to so many different people. And honestly, at that time, things were very divided, even more so than they are right now. And he was able to bridge a lot of gaps racial gaps, uh, socioeconomic gaps. He was just a very, very entertaining man. And, you know, honestly, fans just loved him, just absolutely loved him. And, you know, Killer Sasuke, uh, thank you for joining, um, says, I was 21, I didn't see him wrestle. You know, and that's, here's the thing. This is the great thing about YouTube and WWE Network. Go, go take a look, look up some of his matches, look up some of his promos. I mean, the man was absolutely fantastic. He was beloved by so many different people and, uh, and, and just what he brought to wrestling was different. Some people, you know, had things to say about his wrestling ability, but honestly, it didn't matter. The dude was as tough as nails he was strong as an ox. He was slamming big guys around. You name it, he slammed them. I mean, King Kong Bundy, Kamala, Andre the Giant, I believe, at one point. He was just, I mean, he didn't care. He was just a big, strong guy, and he could he could 
work with the best of them and his uh his on his trunks he had the word thump and that was basically for his power slams because they they cause a big thump and uh, he just dumped those guys on the mat and um yeah i mean it, he was he was very fun to watch i've got another uh little clip for you guys here Coalition against the Freebirds. It's going to be a special night. I want to dedicate this thing to Ted DeVos. The guy gave me 110% of that other day. I thank Tommy Rich for coming out here. So, Michael Hayes, you and your boys, if you want to get crazy, if you want to get funky, if you want to get down to the back alleys, if you want to fight, Daddy, black, white, green, yellow, the dogs don't care. Come to the other. Oh, I got something. I'll show you how to fight, man. I don't know about no wrestling, but I do know how to fight. If that's what they want to do, I'll break the rules. I'll break the rules and a few heads on top of it. So, you know, Gordon, I've seen the dog. So that was one of his promos in Mid-South Wrestling. And there were a lot of feuds that JYD had. But the one that I'm going to talk about or one of the ones I'm going to talk about is the one with the Freebirds and Moda is in the house. Hello, Moda. Uh, the, the feud with the Freebirds. You want to talk about atomic heat, hill heat? My goodness, the Freebirds got it. And here's what happened. So the Freebirds blinded JYD with hair removal cream. So think about that, you know, taking some Nair today and blinding one of your opponents with it. And this was the storyline and they blinded them and it went on for a while. And, you know, the heat got so bad on the Freebirds that they actually had to have police escorts going around because people hated them so much they hated the Freebirds so much after they did this to this this hero of the common man jyd and oh my goodness i mean it was just a it was just an amazing amazing feud between the two between everyone and um you heard jyd mentioned there about ted dibiase he had some Great feuds with Ted DiBiase as well, but they joined for joined forces, and um, you know he went up against Michael P.S. Hayes, who has been I'm trying to think Doc, somebody knows in the chat, but Michael Hayes is one of the uh, producers now for WWE, so uh, I know he was Doc Holiday or Doc something, and um. In WWE early on, but uh, yeah, they the Freebirds just got so much heat <laughs> back then because uh, JYD was so beloved, and this ended up going to a cage match. This was a steel cage dog collar match. Thank you, James uh, James Chadwick, Doc Hendricks. That's that's what it was. I I had the name in my head, and then it left me. So thank you. Um, and also, James says, wrestlers got nuclear heat back in those days. Absolutely. Because one of the things is they live their gimmicks. And they got a ton of, of heat back then. Mike Lister has joined us. How are you? 
So this led to a steel cage dog collar match with the one and only Michael P.S. Hayes. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just this was such a a crazy, crazy feud because, again, you know, this is this is at a time where racial tensions were still kind of going on in the, in the world. Um, you know, it was a little bit better because this was 1980, but still, you know, things weren't as progressive. So to see a major African-American star feud with a, a, a major star in terms of the free birds, I mean, it was just absolutely fantastic. So um, that's something that we didn't get to see a lot of, and it caused a lot, a lot of heat. So, um, again, he ended up, you know, getting out of that feud, ended up going, um, going up against Ted DiBiase at one point, And this is hilarious. At one point, he actually ended up wearing a mask and going under under the name of Swagger Lee. And Swagger Lee went on this run where you beat up a lot of people that, you know, people thought that he looked like Junkyard Dog physically, but you know, no one knew that it was Junkyard Dog. And of course that was those were in the days before the internet. So if anyone tried to pull off that type of gimmick today, if anyone tried to pull off that type of storyline, it would be ridiculed just beyond repair uh, because <laughs> it, did, it didn't make any sense. And it didn't make sense then. Uh, it doesn't make sense now. But honestly, that was one of the cool things about wrestling back then is that kayfabe was still alive and well. And people, people honestly thought that this was a guy named Swagger Lee and not junkyard dog himself so it ended up being him but no one could prove it so so uh after he spent some time in mid-south wrestling as a lot of wrestlers do they end up going to wwe and he premiered on georgia championship wrestling in august of 1984 so if you weren't alive that's okay <laughs> Uh, again, go back and look, go back and look up some stuff on them because honestly, honestly, I mean, he, his matches, his matches, his entrances. I mean, you can see there, um, on the screen, you could see how the people really just surrounded him when he was making an entrance. It was a, it was a big deal. And, uh, he ends up going to. WWE or WWF at the time and um he ends up winning the wrestling classic tournament where he beat Randy Savage and we just talked about him last week but he beat Randy Macho Man Savage by a count out and um a lot of people say that this was WWF's first foray into pay-per-view uh the the wrestling uh classic tournament and that would go on to become other things and eventually turn into the king of the ring. And he had a ton of feuds when he was in WWF. Uh, most notably, probably 
a lot of you know about his match with King Harley Race at WrestleMania 3. That was a, a fun match. And even though he didn't win that match, the the crowd popped when he ended up beating up Harley Race at the end and wearing the crown and all that good stuff. That just showed how over he was as a talent. I mean, he he was really, really over uh, as a talent. And, you know, as much as much as Harley Race was respected back then, so was Junkyard Dog. And he was beloved by the fans. But you know, he had a lot of a uh, lot of feuds with uh, the Funk Brothers, Adrian Adonis, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, if you don't know any of these folks, honestly, um, we'll we'll do some episodes on all these people I'm naming at some point. But this just goes to show you how popular and how how far up the card he was in terms of talent because. Again, you know, he he was a guy that had the charisma that very many um, people envied and not a lot had up to that point. So just I mean, just seeing him around, people wanted him in matches. They wanted him on TV. They they wanted to see him and what he was going to do. And, you know, a lot of people because of his days in Mid-South. A lot of people called him the king of New Orleans because they would sell out the Superdome in New Orleans just about every time he would wrestle there. And that just goes to show his popularity. So, you know, JYD, he, he ended up going to WWF. He had some big time matches against some some big time wrestlers. Again, mentioned Randy Savage. He had some uh, run ins with Hulk Hogan, Kamala, some different guys, but one of the funniest things that uh, <laughs> that I have seen is his his appearance. We'll call it on the on Piper's Pit, and we talked about Roddy Piper not too long ago uh, when I did my other episode when I was on my own. But uh, he had a had a little bit of a run in with. Roddy Piper and I have another little clip here that I want to that I want to play for all of you and this also includes his song yes his song that he made called grab them cakes grab them cakes I'll let you figure out what the cakes are but grab them cakes was his song and at that point a lot of WWF wrestlers created their own songs and WWE WWF at the time put out an album and I've got some I've got some uh some promos included in here but you'll hear the song in the background but here we go it is conceivable junkyard dog you could be facing any one of a number of very qualified very formidable pipes when I talk about the Tito Santanas the Paul Orndorff's the B Brian Flair's the Ricky Steamboat's the Jimmy Snookers. Oh, I can go on and on. Morocco Sheik, Orton. That, that's very impressive. You know, I've been here eight and a half months. Uh, I told you when I first got here, I kept I keep looking each and every day further and further up that ladder. And things getting better and better. <laughs> For the old nasty dog. But see, one thing about it, I looked when they called and I saw Hulk Hogan. I said, good God, I'm out of what I'm going to do now. I got all my marbles in one sack. But see, that's Nikolai Volkoff's problem. 
that, that, that is on this particular night. Yeah, then I looked on down that ladder. Then you got people in there like outpatient, which is on dog. My flip flop back and forth. Oh, hate cake, which you'll never know what they're going to do. What about this? Ace. Terry Funk. Yeah, see, now that's a man of disaster. But you look up. Well, my goodness. But you don't trust us? I don't trust no slaves, baby. No, 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 no. We don't. It's okay. It's okay, man. You don't have to worry, brother. Hey, cream. Give me some. Give me some skin cream. We don't have to worry. I mean, wait a second. You're an accomplished musician now. I mean, you have a song on on. A, they made an album. All the wrestlers got together, and a bunch of people made an album. And this goofball here figured. This goofball here figured that he could he could sing his own solo. So him and this lady called Vicky Sue Robinson is supposed to be here. But all of a sudden, this lady that sang grabs those cakes, which is his song. Uh, care to please yourself? Uh, which is his song. Uh, oh, oh, excuse me. I mean, it's a silly, it's a silly title for a song. First of all, but where's the girl, man? I'm talking to her. Grab them cakes. So, again, you know, you see some of his promo work included in this, and his promos were awesome. I mean, absolutely awesome. They felt real. They felt authentic. And that just spoke to the man that was Junkyard Dog. And, you know, back then, like uh, Dave just said here, back in the day where promos meant something, and wasn't written written by a team of writers. Yes, you are exactly right. Uh, we did not get a lot of writing. We got a lot of uh, a lot of guys just shooting off the hip, and that's what made it so amazing. Is that you see these guys like JYD, you see someone like Roddy Piper, who cut these unbelievable, unbelievable promos, and you find out that's not scripted. And that makes it that much better because these guys just came up with it um, and really got into those characters. And that's that's the thing back then is that these these wrestlers, they lived, lived these gimmicks. And JYD was no exception. Anytime he would come back to Wadesboro, he was he was. Yes, he was Sylvester here, but people love Junkyard Dog and. Yes, sometimes he even wore the chain. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, it, there was a lot that JYD brought to the table, and I thought that was a really funny moment with Roddy Piper where he's like, where's the girl? And he's like, I'm talking to her. And, you know, you've got a cowboy uh, Bob Orton uh, there with him, and, you know, <laughs> it was just a hilarious moment, and you can hear the crowd pop for that moment because you know he again jyd was just so beloved but he spent about four years in wwf and ended up going to the nwa wcw uh eventually and um you know showed up there in december of 1988 and let me see that uh moda says jyd for me had it and it's a shame that he didn't get 
his due push. Absolutely. It's criminal. You know, going back to his before I get into NWA and WCW, it's criminal that he didn't get a title push at all. Like he he didn't hold a title in WWF. And that was a huge miss for WWF, because, again, you can go back and look at a lot of the old clips with JYD and the crowd. I mean, I know I've said this a lot, but it, it needs to be said. He was so beloved by the fans and I mean oh my goodness it I don't understand why they didn't give him the title push he was in I mean he was absolutely in the big matches I mean they would bring him into the big matches because of his popularity but my goodness why not give the guy a title reign I mean can you guys in the chat imagine a JYD title reign back in the day that would have been huge i mean we we think about probably the closest thing for me that comes to that is kofi mania and kofi kingston winning the uh, wwe championship last year if if jyd had won a championship back then i believe we would have seen something like that probably even bigger back then because that's how well liked and well received he was but Again, he shows up in shows up in NWA in 1988 at Clash of Clash of the Champions, and uh, he, you know, there they started to elevate him again into big matches, but you know, no singles, no singles title title runs um, at all. Which, again, not real sure why, um, but. You know, again, he, he's in the big matches. And here's a fun fact. Here's a f very fun fact. In May of 1990, Junkyard Dog defeated a wrestler that you may all know now. But back in the day, he was Mean Mark Callis. So if anyone can tell me who Mean Mark Callis turned out to be in the chat. Not saying I'm going to give you any money or anything, but you'll get some kudos and a shout out. Um, but he defeated Mean Mark Callis in 39 seconds. 39 seconds. So I'm going to see if anyone in the chat oh there we go there we go everyone's saying it J james chadwick sean Rousset, kj Carr. everyone's saying it the undertaker he beat the undertaker in 39 seconds back in 1990 so i mean you you want to think about that and you want to think about the who's who of everyone that jyd faced and he beat mean mark callus before <laughs> before he became the undertaker and this is this is hilarious nail says barry this mark will never make it yeah i mean that that 39 second defeat um <laughs> that 39 second defeat really really held that guy down i mean you know who knows what would become of me mark callus if he hadn't taken that defeat at the hands of jyd you know too bad you know it he could have had a really amazing career had that not happened to him. <laughs> yes, the Undertaker uh, was me, Mark Callis. So, um, 
But JYD started feuding with one the one and only Ric Flair. And I mean, you can't get much bigger than that. You want to think about wrestling in the late 80s, early 90s, and Ric Flair was the man. I mean, he, you know, he was the man. And JYD is in a feud with with Ric Flair. And you know, he he never beat him when the title was on the line, which was a shame. Um, he won, I believe, via DQ um, against Ric Flair at Clash of the Champions. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he he's in a feud with Ric Flair in the title picture. And again, he did not receive the belt, which is just a travesty. Uh, but, you know, they he'd go on from there and he'd eventually uh, get into dudes with attitudes. I, I'm probably dating myself here with with all of this, but dudes with attitudes, which had Sting and Paul Orndorff and El Gigante. So um, he was there with them. He had a brief feud with uh, Arn Anderson. Again, beat him when the title wasn't on the line, but once the title got on the line, he just did not win, which, again, not real sure why that happened. But, you know, he has feuded with the Iron Sheik. He's feuded with uh, Bill Irwin, Moondog Rex. I know I'm throwing out some some <laughs> some names there. Uh, but, yeah, it's, you know, that's the type of performer he was. And a lot of that had to do with his popularity. So his time in WCW wasn't all for naught. Uh, he actually did. He actually did win the WCW six man tag championship. Yes, they had this title back in the day, but he won the six man tag championship and he teamed with Ricky Morton some of you guys may know who that is. I'm obviously I'm being facetious. He teamed with Ricky Morton and Tommy Rich, and they won the uh, the six man tag team championships for WWE. And you know that was that was good, but again it it just showed it just showed that he was money. He was just absolute money uh, working with those guys, and they beat uh, Doctor Z. Dutch Mantell and Buddy Landell. Now, for your, for those of you who are like, who in the world is Dutch Mantell? That would be Zeb Coulter, who was in the WWE not too long ago, and he managed uh, Jack Swagger and Cesaro uh, when they did their whole um, Real Americans thing. So, um, <laughs> File says, <laughs> File says, Ricky Morton sounds familiar elbow cough <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I know you guys know who Ricky Morton is um, but yeah he um, they defeated them and you know they went on to uh, to have some feuds and all of that stuff and um, but he ended up leaving WCW and yes uh, dudes with attitudes from here's from uh, Anna Dawes dudes with attitudes out of the great American bash in 1990 yep against the horsemen that is correct uh 
yeah, they they had some some pretty good matches there, and uh, he had another run in with the Freebirds, and um, they ended up losing the championships. But uh, you know, and then he then he ended up leaving, um, ended up leaving WCW and returned again in nineteen ninety two. He did a lot of work on his body and um you know lost a lot a good bit of weight got in really good shape uh had a segment with abdullah the butcher at super brawl 1992 i believe and then he started you know getting into some different tag team matches uh he had uh ron simmons and barry windham and you know that kind of rotated for a little while uh ended up teaming up with uh the big cat and uh they took on another pair of well-known people that were called the vegas connection and there were two young men in the vegas connection one was a a young and i'm he wasn't that young when he broke into the business but a young diamond dallas page and vinnie vegas who later became Razor Ramon, Scott Hall himself. So, again, you know, uh, he's in all of these big, huge, huge feuds and matches. And, I mean, what he was able to do in his career was absolutely amazing. And, again, the fact that he did not get a singles title push outside of mid-south is uh is absolutely you know it's a travesty but he would go on to retire in 1995 and um you know he had still kind of stayed around some independent promotions and doing some different things actually worked a little bit with ecw for for a while and um so he in 1998 uh, JYD was actually on his way to his daughter's high school graduation at Anson County High School. And on the way, he got into an accident and passed away in uh, Forest, Mississippi. And that it was such a sad, it was such a sad time here um locally because again he was a legend he was a local legend we've had a lot a lot of wrestlers come from this area um but he was he was always such a beloved figure here um and when he passed away especially i mean you think about you think about that i mean the the way that he passed away and trying to get here for his daughter's graduation i mean that's that's heartbreaking it really is heartbreaking and um but he he's beloved he was beloved here and still is people still people still bring up junkyard dog and like i said people around here a lot of people call him sylvester some call him jyd some call him dog um i just called him we just call him legend because that's what he is. He's, he was a legend and file says it here, a trailblazer in my mind, a man who made it. So Ron Simmons could help move it forward. Absolutely. Again, if, if there were no JYD 
there'd be no Kofi mania. There wouldn't be this big, big push for Big E to go on a singles run. Um, we wouldn't have Ron Simmons winning the WCW World Heavyweight Championship when he did. We wouldn't have Ahmed Johnson carrying the Intercontinental title like he did. I mean, Junkyard Dog paid, paved the way for so many for so many African-American wrestlers. And I want to share kind of my inspiration for my professional wrestling career as it relates to JYD. He, he, was, he was actually the one that I modeled early, early uh, inspirations of my gimmick behind. He... You know, I, I didn't have the uh, the chain and all of that stuff, but um, I carried a sledgehammer to the ring. And, you know, I, I wanted to be kind of a common man, you know, charismatic guy that really um, that really got into it with the crowd and really, you know, work with that fan interaction because I wanted them to be involved. I mean, if you're a wrestling fan and you're going to a small venue like a high school gymnasium or a, um, or to an armory, you, you want to have a good time and it's not as big and intimidating as the WWE and back in the day, WCW shows. So you want it to get a little bit more than, you know, that, that big time wrestling experience, it was all about connecting with the fans. And that's what I really drew from him when it came to, uh, how I interacted with fans. When it comes to promos, I had, uh, one of my trainers say, you need to go back and, you know, really study up on JYD because, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you can do from a promo standpoint. So go ahead and, kind of lean into it and you know don't be afraid of kind of getting real and shooting in some cases and that's what I did and you know that was a a lot of that was because of junkyard dog and um I did not have a chance to meet him in person but my family uh knew him very well especially growing up because like I said I mean we we live right here near where he was born uh, in Waysboro, North Carolina. And, you know, they they talked about how, how awesome he was as a person. Um, and, you know, and if you want to hear some of the crazy stories about, you know, life on the road and that kind of thing, you can go look up stuff on YouTube. And Tony Atlas has a lot of stories about things they did on the road. Um, but the man, was he was awesome. And he was, he was a pioneer and he was, he, he was beloved by fans, didn't get nearly the recognition that he deserved while he was alive. So that's why, you know, doing this episode was really special to me because, you know, I, I wanted to pay tribute to someone who was so influential to me and, you know, in my career. And that, and that's what I wanted to, to do with this because, um, 
you know, he, he meant that much to wrestling. And it's a shame that he didn't get the opportunity to carry that title. But when you're beloved by fans the way that he was, honestly, he didn't he doesn't really need it. He didn't need it because fans still loved him. He didn't need the belt to make him popular. He got himself over. He would have elevated the championship if he had held one. He would have elevated that championship more so than the championship elevating him. Because he didn't need that. He was he was already where he needed to be in terms of popularity. I mean, the man was like a rock star whenever he entered into an arena. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's he he's a legend. Moda says, even when he passed away, a 20-year-old Moda shed a few tears and the world seemed a little less bright that day. I agree. I mean, when he passed away, it was like it just sent shockwaves through the community. And... um. You know, he, like I said, he was a local legend and he, it was beyond that. He was a, he was a celebrity. He was, he was a man everywhere. And, um, you know, losing him in, in such a tragic way was really, I mean, it really, it really hurt. I mean, it's, it was almost like losing a family member, uh, when he passed away. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's all I have on Junkyard Dog. Like I said, I can, I could talk about this man for hours and hours, but, you know, I think a lot of what we want to do on hot tag is bring you the information like this and then empower you all to go out and do your own research and go out and, and look at matches and look at promos and look at different things and, you know, really do a deep dive on these uh, wrestlers because they were absolutely fantastic. Um, they, a lot of these wrestlers from the old school, they, I mean, they paved the way for so many things that we see today. Um, and, and he, Junkyard Dog was no exception. So, um, you know, if you want to check it out, if you want to check out some matches, go on the WWE network, go on YouTube and check out some matches because he, um, yeah, he, he's. He was a legend, and um, so I would like to open it up and open up for some questions here, if you guys have any, um, and then we'll uh, we'll get out of here. But thank you all for uh, for listening, and you know all of your conversation in the chat because uh, yeah, I mean JYD, he he's one that he's a wrestler that not a lot of people talk about for some reason. Um, but if you know, JYD, if you've seen JYD, you love him, And, and that's how, that's how I feel about the man. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, we're going to open it up for some questions now before we get out of here. Um, if you guys have any before, uh, before we get there though, again, um, Tomorrow night, we're going to uh, have a NXT TakeOver 30 watch-along. And that's going to be a ton of fun. So, uh, so yeah, join join, uh, join us tomorrow night. And um, 
and just enjoy some great, great action because I really do believe that tomorrow night is just a precursor for a great weekend of wrestling. So we got a, a question here from File. Do you think JYD would have fared better if he had stayed out of the WWF totally and possibly went the NWA? Yes. Um, short answer is yes, because anytime you take a character like JYD and you put him into the corporate machine that is the WWF at the time, they were all about cookie cutter guys. They were about taming some things down and, um, and making his character corporate. And that's what made JYD unique is that he wasn't a corporate guy. He wasn't a guy that, you know, necessarily needed this weird gimmick. He was, he was JYD. Sylvester Ritter was JYD. So when he went to WWF, yeah, there were bigger match opportunities and probably more money available, but uh, what did it do to the overall product? I mean, when he was in Mid-South, he was a champion. So not having that opportunity in WWF, I think, probably hurt him in some ways. But, I mean, he's still a legend, but I think he probably should have skipped out on WWF and gone directly to NWA or Jim Crockett Promotions at that time or um, or something like that instead of going there. Uh, Nails, let's see. Is there any matches he had you wish you had seen live? Oh, my goodness. Um, anytime him and Terry Funk got into a match, I just, yeah, just take my money and I would love to watch that live. Uh, Ric Flair was a, was a good match. I would, I would like to see that live. Um, Harley Race, when, when they, faced off at wrestlemania 3 honestly just basically the entirety of wrestlemania 3 if if i could have had a ticket to that um because there were some amazing matches at wrestlemania 3 so that entire card was awesome uh but yeah i, I would have loved to see those for sure uh dave in real life says i remember watching mania 3 when i was younger and seeing jyd for the first time was awesome yeah he was he was awesome he was awesome Nails asks, is there anyone in modern modern wrestling you would love to see him face? Um, James Chadwick just stole one of mine. <laughs> Keith Lee, I think, would have been amazing. Big E is another uh, that I would like to see him face. Uh, honestly, I'd love to see him face off against someone like Roman Reigns or John Cena. Um, I think those would have been phenomenal matches with those guys. So, um, but yeah, JYD and Keith Lee or JYD and Big E would be absolutely amazing. And, um, <laughs> no worries, James, no worries. Uh, but yeah, I, those, those would be phenomenal matches. And you know what, just for, just for the fun of it, I would like for him, I would have liked for him to face off against the undertaker and not mean Mark Callis, because I think that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, JYD versus Willie Mack. Uh, good shout out there, uh, Foul. Sean Roussette says Braun Strowman. I think that would have been really good. Um, yeah, JYD was some work, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I think 
I think uh, JYD um, against any yeah the the revenge fight nails that's it <laughs> but yeah I think JYD against those um, those guys and honestly Carry and Cross um, trying to think of who else Nick Aldis would be another that I would really like to see uh, or Tim Storm uh, I think would be a really good matchup. Uh, for JYD and would love to see what they could do there. So, um, so yeah, I think that would be another good match. Uh, yeah, Dave in real life says Ron Simmons versus JYD would also be awesome. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, so many, I mean, so many fantasy, fantasy booking. I would, okay, I forgot about this one. This one would have been cool. It would not have been a long match. But JYD and Brock Lesnar would have been amazing. Honorable mention here from Sean Rousset. Uh Sean says Mark Henry. Yes, that would have been amazing as well. But yeah, I I would have loved I would love to see that with uh Brock Lesnar. It's probably like a five minute match if that. <laughs> but the sheer brutality and physicality of the match would be absolutely fantastic and. I would love to see it. So, uh, so definitely Brock Lesnar as well. Um, yeah, yeah. That file says JYD versus Brock would be fire. I agree. Yeah, it it would have been, like I said, probably a very short match, five minutes, five to eight minutes, but the sheer power in that matchup. Another one that file brings up JYD versus Lashley. Yes, 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 and yes. Give me that. Um, you match him up with a big guy, and this is the cool thing about JYD. You match him up with a big guy. It doesn't matter how big. He could still pick him up. He could still slam him. They were still going to go thump. It didn't matter. Put him in there with anybody. It doesn't matter. He's going to have a. He's going to have a. A moment where he just tosses them like a rag doll anyway so um you know bring bring on all challengers but but yeah uh jyd man what a legend um hate the fact that he never got the title shot or the title reign that he deserved but what a what a character what a what a what a wrestler i mean just the overall character and you know beloved by everyone just so glad, so glad that I got an opportunity to see him and uh, and see him wrestle and be inspired by him because he was he was amazing. And uh, if I could be like anyone in terms of my wrestling career, why not JYD? Uh, because he he paved the way. He paved the way for people like me to have an opportunity on the independent circuit to wrestle and and participate in this business and this sport that we all love so much so all right guys well we're approaching seven o'clock and i know a lot of you are excited for smackdown tonight because of thunderdome so i'm gonna be tuning in as well because i'm excited but uh thank you guys so, so much for joining me today and uh sharing your thoughts in the chat on junkyard dog and um you know sharing your views on them it's, it's really cool when we get a chance to 
talk about all these classic wrestlers and, you know, really enjoyed doing that today with Junkyard Dog. So, again, thank you all. Join us tomorrow night for NXT TakeOver 30, the watch-along. Join us Sunday for our SummerSlam watch-along. All the details will be out on social media. Uh, but thank you all again for joining. And until next time, have a good have a good night tonight with SmackDown. Enjoy NXT TakeOver. Enjoy SummerSlam this weekend. And enjoy AEW Dynamite tomorrow because it's going to be absolutely fire. All right, guys, take care, and we will see you later. I am a real American. That's why I was there, brother, right when you needed me. Fight for the rights of every man. And what you're going to do when the largest arms in the world run wild on you? I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life!